Welcome to Rika Narrative Podcast, where we advocate a better future through technology. I'm Rizwan Azali, your host for this episode. Our guest for this episode is Richard Kerr, a digital storyteller for brands and businesses out there. In this episode, Richard shares with us his experiences working with brands on their stories. Richard also shares with us his transition from the traditional form of storytelling to the digital platform and how it can benefit businesses out there. Richard believes the foundation of stories still remains the same, even with the rise of new technology. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. We hope you guys enjoy it. All right, Richard, so let's just kind of, um, I kind of want to start a bit about your background, yeah? So before we get into that, right, I just kind of want to know what were some of your most memorable moments in university? In university or after university? Um, a bit of both, maybe. You maybe know, you both, can share yeah. share some about you know after you left, what was that like, mm-hmm. and um, you know, does that relate to some of your more, mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean, I don't know. You know, university for me it was a lot of uh, late night outings with yeah, friends, right? Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think I think um, I get to experience both I, in terms of uh, studying. Um, in my tertiary level, uh, right here in Malaysia and of course overseas as well. So I get to experience both worlds. Um, yeah, so I think back then, yeah, it was a lot of you know trial and error trying to find direction in your life, right? So I think during the universities, it's uh, of course it's it's exciting. Mm-hmm. I, I get to study here and of course, as I mentioned, overseas as well at the same time. Um, but that actually gave a lot of foundation and context about life. How do I want to move forward? Uh, but of course, back then, um, it is not something that I imagine that I am doing what I do today. Um, okay. Yeah. What were you doing back in university? What were you studying? I was studying electronics engineering, which is totally different from from what you're doing today. What I'm doing today. Like digital storytelling. Yeah, that's right. Marketing. That's okay. correct. Okay. So okay. it actually pretty much evolves. And right. of course, back then, um, you know, back in the '90s, of course. In the then, 90s, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would you tell my age? Okay. Uh, okay. Multi multimedia was the key word. So I studied multimedia engineering back then. Multimedia yeah, engineering. engineering. So what would that have meant in the '90s? Then, you know. So you know, as you know, in the, the multimedia was the buzzword back it then. It was a buzzword. Uh, yeah. Okay. So so a lot of you know when Malaysia embarked on the multimedia super corridor, so that actually became the word. So I was studying the engineering part of it. So if you can imagine about, you know video technology today, J- JPEG, those images, right? right, right you don't right. really, uh, when we study, we didn't really study about how to edit the graphics. It is more on what is the engineering behind it? What is the compression used? What kind of mathematical model uh, is used to do the compression, for instance? Okay, yeah, okay, okay, so, okay. so I studied you, those. Un- you studied the technical, the technical, technical yeah. aspect yes. of things. So That's it's right. not even like technical um, cutting, pasting. No, like no, no, yeah. Like, oh, what makes? Oh, yeah. Like, what makes the compression? Uh, how do you increase the compression rate? So the mathematical side of it. So, so it was quite a is, deep. Is that is that even a study today? Because I've never heard um, today. You know, I think kind of probably not specifically, not specifically in yeah. in that subject. Maybe it's it's if you study like uh, the mathematics, maybe yes. Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so. so. So how did you come into storytelling then? You know, or, mm-hmm. or brands? Like how did that um, come about? Yeah. I think it evolved uh, throughout the years. In since I started my career, I actually. After my graduation, I went to actually after did my uh, engineering degree in the UK, uh, studied electronics. I graduated and actually went straight to China. I lived there for ten years. You lived in China for ten years. Yes, yes, that's right. So, so that was actually a pivoting moment, lah. Actually, what were you doing in China? So, so of course, engineering or. Um, it's a bit of mix of 
both and there's a lot of things going on lah that for the first 10 years right so studied uh, after after went to china i actually took up a job uh, working for the beijing olympics because back then what? yes i did um beijing our olympics Whoa. committee so i was in the web division wow so i was doing a bit of you know some minor work about maintaining the website putting in content sure, english I mean, like content that's, that's what yeah. everyone says right oh I'm, yeah I'm, I'm <laughs> <Olympics>. it's minor <laughs> like wow that that is not yeah. something i would have imagined as yeah. being minor yeah. at all but okay okay so so how can you just walk me through that a little bit yeah like so, so i think i can say that this is the really the phase one of my life okay um work for the beijing olympics committee for um i think about six months where and then i managed to take a job uh, working at one of the biggest international schools in china yeah, it was based in Beijing, so uh, International School of Beijing, basically. So I started working as a help desk engineer. Help desk engineer. Yeah, so doing the help desk stuff, um, right, right. basically helping to manage the day-to-day -day operations of the technology office, mm -hmm. because we supported, I think, about uh, overall just big building, huge building, um, supporting up to like thousand five hundred people, students, right. teachers, staff. So it's big. Right, so yeah, yeah. you know to make sure that all the IT operations is working, all the desktop computers, yeah. um, the laptops, projectors, software. So I was managing that uh, with a team of five uh, other Chinese engineers. Six of um, you guys, entire school, entire school, yeah, with yeah, staff and everything. That's right. Oh yeah. wow, that's so. So it was, yeah. it was quite interesting because uh, of course it's a, it's a tier one schools very premium got it, got uh, very costly so all the equipment yeah. was like all the latest technologies that we had yeah, yeah. so of course um, that um, then then I actually took up a job um, whereby this American company called Iron Mountain they're actually a US based company US -based but company, okay. so you can imagine Iron Mountain is the company that manages uh, a lot of the company's data uh, US companies they also store a lot of um, Hollywood films inside vaults oh. in in deep mountains in the US it's like so that's why they call Iron Mountain wait, wait that's a new fact to me they, mm. they store Hollywood films yeah, all, on yeah, mountains inside the mountains inside vaults yeah to to make sure that they're preserved properly oh, preserve is one yeah do they also keep it just in case nothing yeah, yeah in case they, in like case there's a disaster oh, wow, or anything wow, like that. so wow, okay, I so no idea. That's yeah pretty cool, man. yeah okay, so okay. it's like records management company like record basically management company, okay. and so, so but you, you were still in China I was still in China but in China, yeah right? so they wanted to set up a call center in China to help uh, basically outsourced the level one support of the com of the company okay. so okay. so I was involved in setting up the call center from scratch uh, right. hiring the people building the infrastructure bringing the equipment in from 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 the US because they have to use their own firewall and everything right uh, so I was involved in that setting up you know you training the people up to like starting the operations uh, remotely everything yeah, so that, that's a huge task right there. It was quite an experience itself. An experience, um, yeah, yeah. And then um, after some time, I was actually recruited back to the school where I started to do managing the information system. So, I see, I see, so I see. doing um, from the help desk, then it evolved to managing information system, basically all the backend data, um, you know, the SQL databases of the students' information system, basically. The, the, yeah, so. Now, of course, I decided to return back to Malaysia after 10 years. After 10 years? Yeah. Was it family or is it just you decided to change? Um, family um, was a mix of mix everything. Of everything. Got it. Yeah, Got yeah. It. yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. so. Nice. 
And but of course, at that point in time, um, I actually developed a lot, of, a lot of my entrepreneurship skills uh, during during the ten years. During, in China, during yeah. Right? yeah, especially the, the last three four years because I was trying to fi- uh, get a side income. You I know, see, as you I know, um, things got expensive in in Beijing eventually. Right. So, yeah. trying to get side income. So it was um, one day it was by accident, not by accident lah. Like, I I bought an iPod. Yeah. Um, as you know, iPod was you know they were built assembled in China, right? Mm-hmm. So, so back back then um, there was no proper support because all of these devices were sold in the US first. Mm. And of course, when I got one uh, second hand, I one day it just broke. So I, of course, I've tried to find in YouTube how to fix it. Right. right so right, so right, found right, found right. the found a way to fix it, and thankfully it was easy to get the parts in China because they were built there. But of course, there were no proper support, right? So I yeah. did it to fix it myself, and then I offered the service. So to cut the story short, I built a website, and actually attracting a, a lot of visitors to the website. So I did a lot of SEO work, um, and the the visitors came from all over the world. So people were sending their iPhones to me. I was fixing them oh, in China. So I developed okay. all these digital skills, how to build community. Doing um, growth hacking, those kind of things. So, so yeah, so 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 yeah. then I of course returned back to Malaysia. Right. So was that where you think your interest, or I mean, you were you already built your entrepreneurship mm. kind of uh, mindset and skill mm. when you were in China, right? Yeah, when yeah. you came here, was that when that shift happened towards some um, storytelling? And yep, I think. And like, yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. I think when I. Um, join Magic because Magic was essentially my first job. Okay, when you got yeah, back here. Yeah, when you got back so that, here. That, that was twenty. Twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. Yeah, twenty fifteen. Yeah. Twenty yeah. fourteen was the formation of Magic. So I joined Magic when, when Magic was just about six months old. Six months old. Yeah. Magic was this. Um, it's the incubation for um startups. Right? Yeah. So uh, the um, yeah. So they are basically the startup ecosystem builder in right, Malaysia right, to right, help right. entrepreneurs to to go global, basically. Global. global. Yeah. Malaysian entrepreneurs yeah. specifically yeah, yeah. here to go global. Yes, and correct. Build something. I mean, that was the age of you had your um. What's that? You, you had your Uber coming in and all this. Yes, so that's right. Yeah. To create our own kind of almost Silicon Valley, not Silicon Valley. Well, Silicon Valley. I think it's more an ecosystem. More an ecosystem. Yeah. So okay. it was to really consolidate all the ecosystem players in Malaysia. So got it, got it. ran a lot so of programs. Yeah. Months, yeah. Okay. yeah. So joined Magic about three years there. So involved in a lot of building the programs. We built the accelerator program. Right. We set right, up right, right, a. Right. Uh, something called ACE within within Magic, which is the ASEAN Sense of Entrepreneurship, okay. to really help entrepreneurs to go cross region, so cross borders. For instance, if you have entrepreneurs from Jakarta, they want to go to Thailand, they can take advantage of ACE. So we facilitate the connection, mm-hmm. making it easy for them to to go cross borders, basically. I see. Yeah. So, yep. Then um, then to Cyberview and then to Aerodyne and to 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 what I'm today. Where you are today, yeah. But okay, so here's the thing. I'm trying to kind of like connect mm-hmm. the dots, right? Because you mm-hmm. mentioned you were in in Cyberview and Aerodyne, and these are like also very engineering based, mm-hmm. very uh, tech based yep. companies. Um, aviation Aerodyne is mm-hmm. an aviation company, right? Mm-hmm. But you also do um, other work as well when it comes mm-hmm. to uh, what is it? The Borneo historical North Borneo Historical Society. Society. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. I find that <laughs> does that kind of relate to you know on one hand you're this super you know techy <laughs> IT guy who knows the next technology that's gonna yeah. come in the next ten years yeah. before everyone else is but at the same time you find a fascination 
of you know your own yeah. personal stories. Yeah. Um, so they're not born here because you're from Sabah. From, right? from Sabah, that's you're right. Yeah, Sabah. So, I see, I see, yeah. I see, so North Borneo is basically the I old see. name for Sabah, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 So, so what's the connection then connection. between the two, right? Yeah, okay. So, yeah. so it's always. I mean, there's always interesting stories to behind all of this, right? What's what happens? So, for for instance, when I've you know back in. Um, secondary school. Um, so, so my friend, my best friend, and I, because we were based in, uh, we we're from Tawau. So, we were trying to promote the, the history, or I mean, Tawau itself as yep. a tourist yep. destination. But back then, no one was promoting it. So we were, so we were building websites actually about Tawau and see, hosting see, it. See, and and of course, part of it is to do research about Tawau's history. Yeah. So when we were doing it, I found a lot of history about Sabah itself. So it was, it was quite fascinating when I found out. So of course, uh, over the years, then um, I wanted to learn more about Sabah's history. I couldn't find anywhere online. So I said, okay, maybe I should start something instead of oh waiting. So I started that North Borneo Historical Society as a so page. From you. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. as a Facebook page. So whatever I found online, I just dumped everything there. And of course, sharing the stories, what's, what is Sabah's rich history. So of course, that built traction over the years. Right. I think it has about 70,000 uh, wow. followers today. I wow. mean, not that big, but of course. Uh, Still. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. it generated a lot of interest right. for, for, the, for local people um, to appreciate the, the Sabah's history. Mm. It generated a lot of interest in, in the community itself. So people are creating more Sabah-related history groups, if mm. you find on, mm. on Facebook. Mm. So creating a lot of, attracting a lot of uh, people who used to be uh, associated with Sabah, like all the colonial officers who have you know retired and went back to their home countries, and now their kids uh, somewhat, you know, trying to right. rekindle back, and then they, they yeah, come right. back to, to Sabah. And so it was, it was interesting. And uh, you see, it's, like, it's an extreme end, like technology and history. That's right, I was thinking. So, yeah, 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 yeah. so that is the connection. So, of course, you know, doing a lot of this um, digital advocacy, I, you know, picked up a lot of you know, storytelling, understanding the, the history and those kind of things. So, really try to connect everything, like in by taking advantage of the uh, digital space. The digital space, yeah. right? Okay, that's mm. fair, mm. because you mentioned the digital space. And I'm guessing, you know, by the end of the day, you could be into tech, you could be into history, yeah. but we're all more or less still just telling stories. Yeah, that's right, that's correct. Yes, yeah. that's right. So, you know, in the, in the, I guess, you know, since you're, you're definitely someone who's been with around technology um, since, you know, before it was what it is today, mm -hmm. because most of us, because it's what's available, right? You know, yeah. the smartphones is this. So right. you, you came from that age where, mm -hmm. where even, you know, maybe um, uh, it wasn't even common for people to edit on a computer mm -hmm. then, right? The yep. videos or Correct. photos. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it was still heading towards that direction. So mm. from that time to, you know, just where we are right now, how much do you think have changed for both for businesses then, mm -hmm. right? And the opportunities they have for both small and big businesses? Mm -hmm. Do you think the... Um, do you think you know um, the the digital technology or digital platform today has yeah. it had you know um, an impact and mm -hmm. whether is it positive yeah. or yeah <laughs> you know, yeah you know, of course of course I think I'm quite fortunate I get to experience the evolve uh, how technology has evolved over the years you know I remember back in the nineties when we need to connect to the internet you have to use that internet dial up <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was Motorola modem I remember yeah, it's, 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 and then you get disconnected like uh, I remember while, while growing up trying to download an mp3 song it takes you three four hours it does, it does, it does, so it was like so valuable so valuable so and then 
when the internet gets disconnected say oh man then i have to re download again yeah, so yeah, so yeah, yeah. i but, remember i yeah. remember that age yeah. so so if you but if you compare today it's like you have spotify and i can just play the song you can exactly. skip to anything it's just totally different it's, too. it's, it's yeah. yeah talking about spotify right yeah. my nephews um, we were in the car yeah we was asking them oh what songs do you want and yeah. we were joking they were saying one of them said oh we want a chicken nugget song we're like there's a chicken nugget song they said no i'm just kidding but then we got curious we said there, there was a chicken nugget, <laughs> chicken nugget song on spotify and like you know coming from exactly yeah. where you were from the 90s yeah, i right. was like oh this is so fascinating but them growing up in this era yeah. they don't understand yeah that's right how yeah. amazing that is to like Oh, this yeah, song that's exists. right, exactly. Okay, okay. So, so I think in essence, I mean, the whole lifestyle has changed. The whole lifestyle, lifestyle has changed. Right. The way right. you know, the the way we shop, uh, the way we you know um, travel, the way we book tickets online, for instance. Even when we want to get taxis, I think it has evolved over the right. years, right? Yeah. But I think uh, so. A lot of this, you know, came from you know, just from ideas, but it's about how people manage to execute these ideas and mm. make them into reality. I think even back in the, I, I can give a bit of context, like when Malaysia embarked on the multimedia super corridor in the back in the 90s, a lot of these concepts actually mentioned in the document, the first, I've seen the version, okay. the MSC, when, when they conceptualize, they talk about how people will shop in the future. So they talk about e-commerce really? back then already. Okay. You can imagine okay. how advanced Malaysia was back then trying to conceptualize everything in right. this document. Right, right. And today it is already a reality. So you're, wow, yeah. wow. So they talk about um, smart shuttle services, you know, uh, how people shop, how Malaysian companies are able to build products or services that are contributing to 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 people around the world, well, just yeah, 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 just yeah. like some of the many of the companies today. Right, yeah. right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, do you think you know um, uh, when it comes to the platform, the digital platform that mm -hmm. exists today for companies? Yeah. Right? Do you think storytelling is crucial, or should companies understand that mm -hmm. better? Because it goes back <coughs> to you know sometimes people they don't really wanna. They don't really want to do any marketing, right? Mm -hmm. They feel like, oh, you know what? The, that's not yeah. very important. I have a good product, mm -hmm. and that's all that matters. Yep. But you know, um, maybe back in the days, just because of you know that you don't have too many um, avenues and it would be yeah. very costly, right, mm -hmm. to do marketing. Yep. Uh, that kind of mentality could make sense. Yeah. But today, do you think it's still relevant, or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think <coughs> because as you know, um, a lot of companies offer similar products, similar services. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm then how would you make yourself stand out in this digital space? So that, I think that is very important. I think even Steve Jobs mentioned about the importance of how do you make yourself stand out, stand out, out there. Because he said, he mentioned that it's a, it's a busy space um, in the digital world. Uh, you have to find your differentiator. How do you make yourself uh, different from other companies out there? So I think for a lot of the companies today, they really have to think about how to leverage on marketing, digital marketing, storytelling to make themselves really different from others uh, out there. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. So setting themselves apart just because, mm. you know, there's, there's so many competition out there, yeah, right? Yeah, correct. So I'm guessing, you know, um, you have Steve Jobs who mentioned these kind of different stories. Uh, like our favorite or, or sometimes, you know, um, at Reka, some of the stuff we, mm -hmm. some of the companies we talk about in terms yeah. of marketing with yeah. companies like Nike. Mm -hmm, correct. You know, just because yes. they, are, they, they have good product, yes. but what sets them apart probably exactly. is 
just yeah, their story. Yeah, their that's story right. Yeah, how simple it is. Exactly, exactly. Okay. And Nike is not. They're not even talking about their products. They're not. Yeah, they're, they're not. Sports. They're talking sports. Yeah, they're talking about the people who to, are in the sports. Yeah. Today, especially, right? Yeah, they've yeah. gone completely. They don't yeah. even talk about their shoes. Yeah, they're yeah. just like, oh, how do you train? Yeah, that's right. Like yeah, with the Nike app. Yeah. And, like, and from there, you kind of like, yeah. oh, these guys understand my mm. needs. Mm-hmm. So. You feel that confidence yeah. of just like ah yeah yeah. yeah. And um, Red Bull, they don't really tell about their their drinks. They don't tell about yeah, their drinks. drinks yeah. Yeah. So, so Red Bull has yeah, um, yeah they they have a mm. pretty powerful yeah. uh, campaign as campaign, well. I think yeah. I've seen them sponsoring like even at parkour events. Yes, correct. Like parkour you know, a lot of sports. Then, yeah, that's like, right. Yeah, just and constantly it's like sponsored by Red Bull. Sponsored yeah, by Red correct. Bull, and your 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 mind just stays with uh, yeah. that name, yeah, right? Yeah, name. And I think I think I can also give like a local context, for instance. Yeah. Um, so on the way, um, you know, on the way here when I drove, of course I saw this big banner. It's like that city Khadija, right. so the telekung, right? So I think. What was the slogan for that one, city Khadija? There's a tagline. It's quite memorable, right? They've they've quite a lot actually. Yeah, yeah there's quite quite a number. Very simple, just one liner. Um, yeah, so I think one of them is like. Um, Something like I can't really remember what was it, but I know it, it is memorable because it, it's easy, it's one-liner, it's easy to 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 just look at it and you know they're trying to you know try to evoke your emotion basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. No. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. You're right. Though. Like. Okay. So based on your kind of your own personal experience mm-hmm. with working with organizations and you know branding and companies mm-hmm. and that, what would you think be some of your more favorite or um, personal um, experiences mm-hmm. where you felt like you were very happy with the impact that you've had on yep. the organization mm-hmm. when it comes to their own branding mm-hmm. and storytelling. Yep, yeah. I think I could relate that to my own um, experience while working at Magic. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. as you know, Magic, I mean the whole Magic setup was actually probably one of Malaysia's most underrated success stories, I, I, I would say. I see, I see, I see. Because if you think about how it was uh, founded, you know, President Barack Obama came to launch Magic right. back then, right? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, huge, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, was launched in Cyberjaya, and then a lot of the programs managed to bring all the entrepreneurs uh, together, not just locally, but of course from, from all the global entrepreneurs as well. Mm. Because we, mm-hmm. I remember back then we were running this accelerator program, bringing about 50 companies uh, locally and globally to, to be in Malaysia and for, for people to experience you know um, entrepreneurship from different perspectives and of course eventually um, you know we were promoting some of the programs so one of the my one of my proudest moments actually when we traveled to I remember when we traveled to Melbourne Australia to promote the program so we met met the ecosystem builder there and then interestingly um, the person said hey what you guys are doing at magic is amazing so they said we're starting a similar uh, in Melbourne, in Melbourne, right. uh, called Startup Victoria, I think, and we're actually taking Magic as a benchmark to do nice. this. Yeah, nice, nice yeah. Nice. So, so in fact, it has built. We have built a global branding for Magic, um, you know, to to different parts of the world, and people know about Magic. Yeah, and I could actually um, add on to that testimony mm. honestly mm. because I remember when um, before Magic, mm. uh, with the earlier kind of you know earlier mm. years when I kind of looked for. At least, kind of government-ish yep. initiated mm-hmm. um, entrepreneurship programs yep. was not very relevant mm-hmm. to especially young people who are yep. just kind of looking for mm-hmm. you know um, because obviously you know especially with the digital age right you kind yep. of want to create and innovate on what's already existing rather than yeah. just following the 
you know, like this is what exists, and we just have yes, to do correct. this is what entrepreneurship means. Yes. You, know, you, you you sell mushrooms, mm-hmm. or whatever, which there, again, there's nothing wrong with yep. those things, but of course. it just doesn't quite speak to a lot of youngsters. I yes, think. correct. Yes. And I feel like magic created that atmosphere yes. within the country of mm-hmm. environment. And suddenly, everybody in KL just or felt like we can start something different. Mm-hmm. You know, we can mm-hmm. start like um, using apps. We can use. Yeah. This. I've never seen this amount of. Um, like entrepreneurship mm-hmm. um, entrepreneurial spirit I think, yeah. you know, within the community Correct. and yeah. then I definitely yeah, I would say that, that yeah. magic was one of the things that yeah. um, created that, that an actual impact you yeah. know, it wasn't just buzzwords no, or no, like, no, yeah, it yeah, was an yeah. actual real yeah. life impact you see happening on the ground yeah that's right you've mentioning Melbourne that's, that's impressive it's really yeah. impressive that you've got it was, it was. Uh, so I was really, really proud so like wow I'm really proud to be you know, you know, bring this Malaysian flag, and and you know, we were welcomed with open arms when we go visit to a lot of the ecosystem builders in the region. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So they know they were they really looked up to to us. So that, I think that is because of that storytelling from the beginning, how it evolved, and how we are impacting Malaysian entrepreneurs right, and right, uh, right, regional right. entrepreneurs. What even. was the main story that you were telling? I think you know, at a point, what was the I, main philosophy that attracted people? You feel? I think it was the all the programs that we built, the I way reason because we you had a lot of different stories. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, so how we managed to bring you know, a lot of entrepreneurs to different parts of the world, you know. Um, programs to bringing them to Silicon Valley for instance uh, exposed to them and if you see a lot of the uh, entrepreneurs who were involved in this program you know in the early days a lot of them actually have grown quite significantly today mm-hmm. yeah so so I think it's 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 really bringing impact um, I think we're gonna see more of this in the long run as the ecosystem grows, grows and, right? yeah. okay that's fair so Richard you know um, talking about all this you know um, aspect of storytelling mm-hmm. and just kind of connecting with one another. Yeah. The question I should have probably asked um, from the get-go is that what are the foundation mm-hmm. of a story? Like what does it mean mm-hmm. to have the basic structure mm-hmm. of a story for say even businesses to understand mm-hmm. and the layperson to kind of yeah. yeah. So I think um, what's important is to really have that um, fundamental of the storytelling. I think this is important for any businesses. I mean anything that you want to put online they need to understand the fundamentals first. But of course you can Google this quite easily, but I think based on my own experience, you need to have uh, your purpose, uh, the structure of your story, uh, the character, character, character uh, the, plot, the plot, the plot, and of course, how do you add the elements of emotions into it? Okay. I think it's very much like when you go for Hollywood, Hollywood, Hollywood movies, movies, yes. movies or any movies at all, right? right yeah. You always have the structure, mm-hmm. and of course, then mm-hmm. in a business context, then how do you break it down to 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 stories that would you know resonate uh, with people, so it can be moments in your office, or moments when office, you're right. building your products. Who are the people behind building those products? And I think in today's context, people do not just want to see like, okay, you have these amazing products that you post on Instagram. They might want to see who are those people, you know, coding them, who are building them from scratch, who are using the three D three D printers. Yeah, right. uh, so. To have these stories, I mean, uh, portrayed in your social media channels, for instance, I think that would actually be quite compelling to a lot of people. I see. Yeah. So, so, so maybe the, we can think about. Yeah, it's not just about your products. It can but be about the people behind it. In terms of like a good story and all this, mm-hmm. right? I'm guessing the, um, a lot of companies should have you know a good product as well mm-hmm. for them to sell. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna kind of wrap up, uh, wrap two questions into one here. Yeah. Right? You know, mm-hmm. like a 
or like how do you Omar the question would be how do you balance between you know um, a good product mm-hmm. a good story slash marketing mm-hmm. and what do you think would be some of the key things that every business should focus on allowing mm-hmm. their customers or their audience to know about them that would build mm-hmm. that connection okay yeah. I think I think in terms of building products um, building good products is actually given um, I think I think that is important for any businesses they need to know that they are actually building a product that was like that would actually ho- uh, solve a problem mm-hmm. uh, that also resonates uh, with their potential customers or audience so so I think but sometimes I think a lot of the entrepreneurs out there or even business owners they're simply focused too much on the product itself they forgot about uh, they need to market it. They need to eventually sell it to to somebody Some because jobs, yeah. otherwise it's not a business. <laughs> You're just building a product, and then I think and and a lot of people I met, uh, even the entrepreneurs, even people who are investors, even they they even meet they met a lot of entrepreneurs who are stuck in this mode about just simply focusing too much on the product itself. Mm-hmm. They're not even trying to even sell it. Yeah, trying to 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 commercialize the product. So a lot of this. Entrepreneurs are stuck in those cycle, right. so I think I think that is why it is important for uh, businesses to be able to you know as you mentioned to have that balance, um, to build the products but at the same time tell the story and of course market them market the products as as well at the same time, uh, because at the end of the day it is a business you need to find ways on how do you market your product to your targeted audience. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I feel like, yeah, again, we can see it a lot from um, the, the, the both big and smaller companies, mm-hmm. right? You know, mm-hmm. like even among friends, if yeah. they're working on something, yeah. really you, you can tell, um, it's one thing to say that you're working mm-hmm. on a time machine, right? Yeah, yeah. Like how do you <laughs> make it sound even more interesting? Yeah, in that's that sense, right. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you could have a good product, but you could just say, oh, I'm working on a time machine. And nobody would be interested in yeah. if you're going to have this, uh, tone and mm. like you know like um that you're not as interested or yeah that's right yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so so okay okay so yeah. and I, don't, I and i've met so many i mean since i started this company i met so many entrepreneurs they have all great products and services mm. i think but the the real struggle is for them to how do they tell this to to the public that so, they have these okay. all amazing products okay. i think a lot of that is why i think I see that gap by by being in the ecosystem for the last ten years. I see you that see huge that gap, gap. Yeah. and that's why I started this company called Richard Kerr Digital, which is branded under my own name, to really help tell stories of these people. And how do I help them? You know, leverage on certain platforms that we can tell the stories, tell more about their products or okay, services. So if you have a client right now, right, mm-hmm. they come to you, they have a good um, product. Mm-hmm. What would be some of the first few things you talk through to your mm-hmm. client to mm-hmm. help them? understand um, the story mm-hmm. that they want to tell mm-hmm. and also just kind of yeah so, so. so I think I think a lot of, a lot of them um, I would ask them I think this is part of the the, the fundamentals of star- storytelling basically okay. so basically I would ask okay what is your why because why? I think that is probably the one of the most important things um, because you can't just you know start a company because you want to make money mm-hmm. I think I think of course, make, making given. money is, is, is important, given. right? Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. what is why do you start your company? Okay. Of course, a lot of people they could be trying to solve certain problems. Um, starting with why is always important. I think I think it is like uh, one of the most popular speakers called Simon Sinek. People don't buy what you do; they buy why you do it. 
I see. Yeah. That's so right. so That's I think right. in yeah. today's context, it's even becoming even more important even because more important. Okay. yeah, compared to like tra- traditional business many years ago, and of course, and then and then from there, you would ask them like, okay, um, okay, you have your why then. Um, what 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 makes you different from 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 the rest from the rest, uh, from okay. the rest. of course then then of course have you really identified your audience are you talking to the right people ah, okay. yeah okay, yeah okay. that's right identifying an audience yeah, is a yeah. tricky bit right? yes okay. that's right okay. but so this is why you know when 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 we used to run programs or we would speak to entrepreneurs it's always about that product market fit right you mm-hmm. want to make sure that you're selling to the right audience because mm-hmm. If you're selling, if you're trying to sell to everyone, you're selling to no to one. No one. That's yeah, true. that's that right. Is yeah. So, true. Okay. so that is important because if you're already talking to the to the right people, if you're telling the story to the right people, then it's easier for you to sell. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. so, so, so I think that's uh, probably one of the most critical part because it relates to to uh, to to the storing as uh, storytelling as well. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right, Richard. Um, I love everything that you shared so mm-hmm. far. We're just about to uh, wrap up with just mm-hmm. one final question, yep. which is, you know, if you were to give, you know, like three steps for mm-hmm. anyone who kind of want to take their, uh, to have a better kind of stories for mm. their brands or product, mm-hmm. what would be the three steps? And if you have any more kind of closing mm-hmm. words or advice yep. for uh, new entrepreneurs out mm-hmm. there, <laughs> okay. what would they be? Yeah. I think, I think I just, uh, this is just going to be related to what we just, we what just, we just, what we just said, right? Yeah. So the three things I think, I believe would be, First, know your audience. Know your audience. You know your audience. Yes, yes. I think. Yeah. And then, of course, know your why. Know the why. Know the why. And um, and of course, thirdly is, is I think I think I want to make it really simplified. Which channel are you going to use to to tell your story? Okay. Yeah. And today, of course, it's digital. It's digital. Digital. Right. But but right. then, of course, if you want to uh, deep dive more, which channels like which platform? Which platform? platform because there's only so yeah, much you yeah, can get on yeah, that's right. uh, when you start yeah, up. That's oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So so for instance I can just give real quick example. Um, TikTok is emerging. TikTok yeah. right now I think. Yep. So if you can think about some even some of the big corporate companies now, they are trying to target the next generation of their customers. Sure. A lot of the Gen sure. Zs are now on TikTok. Shell, for instance, they are hiring TikTok managers. Really? Yeah. Shell, yeah. Shell, nice. because nice. they know yeah, yeah. The, their future customers are there. And you know, when Shell is transitioning into renewable energy, all the electric cars and everything, it will be, the, be right, there. right there, and right. they'll be sold. They'll be sold to the to the right audience. So I think, of course, storytelling it's um, it's an art itself. An art itself. You need to practice a lot. You need to to uh, experiment. So I myself, I experiment almost on a on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Richard. I think um, that's all the time that we mm-hmm. have for sure. uh, today. So is there just before we wrap up? I just kind of want you to you know is there any way people can contact you? Mm-hmm. They need to contact you. You yep. know, are you mainly on Instagram or is it LinkedIn mm-hmm. or like yeah? <laughs> Actually, I'm I'm pretty much on all platforms uh, today. I'm on. My biggest audience is on Facebook. You can reach out to me there. I'm on Twitter as well. I'm embarking into TikTok now, nice. so I'm I'm recycling all my content from viral tweets on Twitter to to TikTok. So yep, or you can just you know reach out, go to my website. You can Google for Richard K Digital. You can find it right at the top. All right, we'll put all of that in the mm-hmm. uh, link description below mm-hmm. for everyone to uh, find out. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool, Richard, thank you very much for thank today. Thank you, thank you um, so much. I think that's it for today, guys. Till uh, the next episode on Rekar Narrative. We'll see you guys then. Bye. 
Thank you for tuning in to Reka Narratives. For more updates, follow us on our social media at Reka Studios or visit our website at reka.re. See you guys on the next episode.